Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast with my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcasts. We're so glad you're here. David and James, as much as they love each other, will never have a typical sibling relationship. And so David can look at his friends and say, man, I wish I, I wish I had a brother I could fight with even or anything like that. And so the families who draw him in and who include him are such a blessing to us, even if it's something like, uh, like we can't go to the movie as a family. Um, And so if there's a new movie out that all the boys his age want to see, if a family calls him up and says, hey, David, do you want to come with us? That's a huge blessing. Hey, friends, I am so excited to share this episode with you. I can't imagine a more important topic for us to all talk about. I'm talking to my friend, Sandra Peoples, and Sandra has two sons, one with autism. She was also raised with a sister with Down syndrome. So Sandra's pretty much an expert in all things special needs children, family dynamics, and anything related to that. She works with churches to help them um, be more accessible and helpful to families with special needs, and she is absolutely full of grace. Before we ever got on, I confessed to Sandra that this is a topic I'm not great at talking about. I don't even have the right language. I get awkward. And that's really why I wanted to bring her on because I want to break through the awkward. And I want all of us to be able to be better friends to those people out there who have special needs kids. So I ask Sandra straight out, you know, give us some help. Talk to us about the things we can do to be better friends um, to our friends with special needs kids. And this is so important. I wrote a blog post on this topic a few years ago. I'll link to it in the show notes, but I have a nephew with muscular dystrophy. And because of that, I have such a sensitivity and a heart for anyone raising a child with special needs. And I want to be there to support them. I just want to do it the right way. The other thing I wanted to talk about is for those with a special needs child, but other children as well, how we can best support the typical children in that family, how we on the outside might be able to support these kids, what kind of things we can do to be a good friend to the whole family. So Sandra does an amazing job of 
giving us some really practical um, ways we can do this. She's so gracious. She understands and she's just wonderful. So I think you're going to get a ton out of this. Now, before I hop into our conversation, I want to just thank you again for your ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen. I read everyone and I get so much encouragement, but today I'm going to read one from Jess and Scott. And I, I wish that there was like a reply button where I could respond and just say thank you. But Jess and Scott, I'm sending you a virtual hug for this. She titled it Can't Get Enough, gave me five stars. And this is what she said. This is hands down one of my favorite podcasts. As a mom of two teenage boys and an elementary age girl, I've received so many tips for raising them from Monica and her guests. I feel like she is a friend who recorded these just for me. Monica has such a big heart and a way of communicating that makes you feel like she knows the struggles we endure as parents and spouses. The most encouraging part is that she has a big faith and the wisdom she shares comes from the Lord. If you're going to take advice, you want it to come from someone who seeks it from above first before giving it out. I'm such a fan and I'm grateful for her calling. This is a must add for all parents. Wow, that makes me feel so happy. That is everything my heart desires for this podcast to be. So thank you so much for that review. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't left one yet, guys, you can just hit pause, scroll down to the bottom on your phone of this um, podcast. You're going to see five stars. Just tap on them. And then if you want to leave a few words, you are welcome to do that. So thank you for that. And I'm also going to just thank this episode's Sponsor, which is Wondercrate. And I'm really excited about Wondercrate. We just discovered it. Levi and I are having a great time with it. You're going to hear more about it partway through this episode, but also be sure to check the show notes because there's a giveaway going on right now for Wondercrate. You're going to have to look at my Instagram feed, but all those details will be in the show notes. So be sure to hop over and check that out. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in as Sandra Peoples and I talk about supporting our friends who have special needs kids, and we're going to learn a lot and be inspired. And I hope this is a life-changing episode. Hey, Sandra, thanks so much for joining us on the Boy Mom Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. As I was preparing to have this conversation, I was thinking we go back quite a few years, I think. Did we meet um, through the Mob Society, Mother of Boy Society back a few years ago? We did. And doesn't it seem like in blogging years, <laughs> it goes back, you know, like we're dog years, one year yeah. equals seven for them and blogging years. It seems yes. similar, like way back when we way all first back. started. <laughs> right. And it's like, I remember you, I remember reading your writing and being so encouraged and just loving your heart. And now I've been catching up more on the work you've been doing and I just adore you. So before we go on, would you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do about your family and um, just a little about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, my husband and I've been married, it'll be 17 years this year, and we have two boys who are 14 and 12, and we live outside of Houston, Texas, where my husband is a pastor. And so, um, like you, we have similar warm weather <laughs> right now, mm -hmm. and I'm heading to the beach tomorrow, and, and uh, so I love this spring time of year before it gets too, too hot for us to be outside. My boys are, uh, David is 14 and James is 12 and James is diagnosed with what we now call level three autism. The levels are kind of new just in the last few years. And so what it means for him is that he's functionally nonverbal. And so there's some words that he can say, but he can't have a conversation like a back and forth conversation. And so he needs a lot of accommodations and help and support. Um, 
And so we rally around him and help him the best we can with therapies and programs in school. And then because my husband is a pastor, we are very passionate about inclusion in churches, which, you know, a lot of families don't think about (laughs) the fact that 20% of the U.S. population has a disability, but not all churches are equipped to welcome them. And so that's part of what I do now is help churches welcome families like mine. And so it's a real blessing to me to be able to give back um, and kind of lead the way, help churches, and then encourage families to connect with a church. Wow. I love that so much. I know that my um, brother has a son with muscular dystrophy and just, you know, walking through life, seeing through their eyes, just how many places, you know, from parks to public places are not prepared for disabilities in general. And so to think about the church, you're like, oh, wow, that's a whole nother thing. So yeah, really beautiful. Well, I'm excited to talk about this because I have a number of friends who have children with autism. And I know, like you said, I'm not totally familiar with the levels, but this can look different for different families. But my heart really is to learn more about supporting, about being a part of people's lives who have special needs. And I think that it's been a few years, but I wrote a blog post a few years ago on this topic because I think so often we get awkward. We we want yeah. to care. We want to be involved. And yet we, you know, just out of our humanity, we don't know the best way to do it. So I would love to have you share with us some of the things we can do, those of us who don't have special needs kids. And, and I always joke, you know, we all have special needs kids, right? I mean, they're different. (laughs) But for those of us that don't have um, kids with a diagnosis like autism, can you walk us through some of the things you would recommend to us families uh, who want to support and encourage and have friendships with families who are dealing with things we're not familiar with? Yeah, well, I do want to say just how much I appreciate your heart on this. And Um, Those who are listening today, the first step is just that desire to want to reach out and to want to be a good friend. And I can feel that when when I'm talking to a friend. And so I don't want people to be afraid of saying the wrong thing um, or doing the wrong thing and to let that paralyze them from doing anything. (laughs) You know, sometimes we're like, well, I I don't know what to say or I don't know how to help. And so I'm just going to not do anything. And so hopefully the first message that you hear from our conversation today is anything is helpful and and that a parent like me will understand your heart and your desire. And so even if you, you, you know, like even if we were talking about the terms of the different levels of autism, I don't expect everybody to know the, the language that I speak when I'm talking about that. And so I don't want anybody to feel too much pressure um, and just to know man, we, we see your heart and we appreciate that so much. And just that desire to be a good friend really means a lot to us. And so that is a great place to start building that foundation. That's good to know. That's encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. So, and there was a, there was a novel that I read recently and there's two characters in it. And one of the characters has a child with autism and this was in the seventies. And so it was a little new to everybody. And the, the friend comes in and is afraid of the child. And the mom says, I can tell that you're afraid of my son and I want you to leave my house and never come back. And I thought that is 
a very yeah. honest portrayal of of yeah. the tension that can exist because sure. especially when a child is young or you're just getting a diagnosis you're scared yourself and you see that fear reflected in somebody else and your biggest fear is that you and your child will be rejected that you'll be shut out of friendships and that people will move on and you'll be left behind and so when i read that i thought oh Oh, I see that. Like, I can see how that would be true. But our task, especially as Christ followers, is to keep showing up and to keep putting effort into those relationships and to just keep showing how much we desire to be part of somebody else's life. And so uh, I'll share a few practical ways that families can can continue to show up and kind of weave that in with some of the challenges that we face, especially as our kids get older. One of those challenges is James's age is so different from his stage of life. And so he, even as a 12 year old, is very much like a toddler. And so my friends are starting to, you know, we're in our 40s now and all of our kids are getting into those teenage years. And yet when they invite us over, I still have to keep my eyes on James like he's a a three-year-old and not like he's a 12-year-old. And so I can't just leave, you know, the boys in the room to play Xbox together or something like that. And so one way that friends really minister to me and encourage me is just to kind of say, hey, well, let's let's have our conversation in here <laughs> where we can keep our eyes on James together. And they don't make me feel like that is an inconvenience to them or that I'm somehow disrupting the plan that they have for our time together. It's just, they just kind of have to have to see me as in a different parenting stage than they are and just kind of um, accommodate that. And so that's been a real gift when, when friends have just understood, okay, well, we can't take our eyes off. <laughs> She's right. not comfortable. And you know, that's, that's me. I'm just, I get a little nervous, especially when we go new places and he doesn't know that. And and so I have to keep my eyes on him. And so one thing friends do is just really be accommodating and understanding when um, the conversation yeah. moves from room to room, you know, right. because no, I love moving. that. And, and, and don't wait for you to have to ask for it. Maybe kind of anticipate that and say, would it be best if we just, you know, went wherever he is and, and follow yeah. him. So that's, that's really great. Yeah. And, you know, for us, um, as I'm building these friendships, really, it's easier for me to have people at our house than it is for us to go to somebody else's house. And so we try uh, to be very hospitable and that just because James is more comfortable here than he is anywhere else. And so kind of his toys are here and his space is here. And um, and so if somebody says, hey, you want to you know, do you and the boys want to come over and do something? I'd say, well, I'd love to, but do you mind you and your kids coming over here and, and just kind of letting us stay in our space. And so even being flexible on where we hang out can be a real gift to me to just kind of say the, what's most important is the time together. And so where that happens isn't as important as the time. Mm, I love that. That's super good. And I know for, for my nephew with muscular dystrophy, he's, you know, probably has a bit of autism. We're not sure because he's, you know, mentally delayed and, and they 
they're not sure everything that they're dealing with. But one thing that's been neat for us is when my youngest son, you know, was in his early, you know, five, six, seven years old, he really did well with his older cousin because they were at the same stage developmentally. So it was fun yeah. for the little guy to play some Legos and to yeah. sit with him and, and he didn't mind a bit. So I think even bringing in some of the younger kids to just play with him probably is helpful too. Yeah, that is great. And not to be too caught up in ages or exactly. interest. Right. They're not thinking they... about it. <laughs> no, just, hey, we, we enjoy. And, you know, really what's also interesting is um, the more mature our kids get. So I'm talking like 16, 18, 20, yeah. even they're ready to, they're comfortable enough with them, their own selves to even play those little kid games again um, with somebody like my son who is still interested in that. And so they go through these stages of, playing that way when they're young, but even when they're older, they're like, oh, I can put my desires aside and yes. be a good friend to this, per, you know, this child or this teenager, yes. and, and we can hang out and have fun too. Oh, I love that you're saying that. I've seen that in my own kids. I know my my 18-year-old Jonah is my nephew's favorite. He just loves oh. him. And I think it's because he does that. And yet the truth is, I think most of our kids at that age, they actually enjoy playing some of those little kid games. Yeah, so it's almost like an excuse to get out the Legos or to do the <laughs> things that they used to do and maybe felt pressured and move on. So I think that's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, it is so sweet. It is. It's sweet for us to see as moms to say oh. these connections. And, and, you know, I hear from if you talk to a therapist or a special ed teacher or somebody like that and you say, what made you go into this field? It's almost always because they had a cousin or they had a close family friend with a disability and they noticed that <laughs> that connection even when they were teenagers. And so anytime I see that, I certainly want to encourage that because mm. you don't even know where that could lead to as a profession or a calling on their lives. I agree so much. I see when when our, my nephew's here in Hawaii visiting and he goes to church with us, he always wants to sit next to Jonah and he'll always hold his hand. Oh. And my heart just melts because I think, you know what, This we're getting more out of this than he is. This is just so beautiful. And, and that's why I look at someone like you and I think God just has, you know, a special blessing on your life that you get to raise a special needs son. And and maybe this is a good time. I, I believe you were raised with a sibling um, who had Down syndrome. Is that right? Maybe you can yes. kind of speak into that and how that's helped prepare you for the journey you're on now. Yes, my big sister has Down syndrome and we are just 14 months apart. Um, wow. So we, we really did everything together. We started school together. We were in school every year together. And that brings challenges and yeah. blessings, just like everything. I, especially in the kind of preteen years, those can be the most challenging for siblings because they're trying so hard to blend in, you know, and then the uh, sibling kind of makes them stand out. Right. And so now with the perspective that I have as an adult, I can look back easily and see all the ways that being her sister made me who I am um, and really right. molded my personality and the way that God is using me even now. So um, when James first got diagnosed, it was a little challenging for me because I felt like I had already lived that life, you know, and that I had already paid my dues in a way. And so I thought, I know the challenges that this is going to bring 
in a very unique way than just any mom who's getting a diagnosis because I had lived it as a sibling. Um, but I also had the foresight to know all the blessings that it would bring and how even the things that I would learn about God that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And, and I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist and have, you know, be a little, uh, black and white on things. And so I often like to kind of say, well, the biggest gift God could give a perfectionist like me is a child (laughs) who can meet those expectations that I have or that anybody else has. And so if I can look on him with such unconditional love, it just reminds me so much of the unconditional love that our father has for us. Oh yeah. That is, that is awesome. And so growing up, were you, was it just the two of you or were there other siblings? No, we have a younger sister um, and she's five years younger than I am. And then six years younger than Sybil. And so, you know, I mean, your, your boys are a little spread out from oldest to youngest. And so, you know, it was, uh, you know, I went to college when Sarah was still in junior high. And, and so then Sarah got to have these experiences with Sybil because you get pretty close to your siblings ability level, you know, with a disability. And so Sarah kind of caught up with Sybil and then they had fun together. And uh, in most, well, in all states now, but it was newer then, a person with disabilities gets to go to high school until the year they turn 21. And so Sarah and Sybil went to high school together because Sybil got to go for those extra years. So she had very similar experiences to what I had. We just have super different personalities and reacted to it, which is, is st- we're still living those stories out now as adults. And, and it's yes. really interesting to see. Oh, so, so interesting. And, and I think too, now that you have two sons, so your experience being the sibling to Sybil, even though you had another sibling, she was quite a bit younger. I'm sure that this gives you a special sensitivity and understanding of how your older son feels growing up with his brother. Is that something that you can speak into a little bit from the sibling perspective. Yes, it, it you know, and, and that's another gift of God's mm-hmm. grace in my life that w- I can see David, um, especially now when he's 14, he's in what I think is one of the hardest stages of being a sibling, just those, those early teen years, and you're trying to figure out who you are, and, and then trying to figure out how this sibling <laughs> influences yeah. who you are. I mean, you know, just even if you hear somebody teasing or making fun of somebody with a disability, you as the sibling have to decide, am I going to stand up for, even if it's not even your sibling, just a person with, am I going to stop this teasing or am I going to, to walk away and pretend like it's not happening? And so, you know, I can see David dealing with all of that, especially right now as we our home and about to transition to the summer. It's a really challenging time for special needs families because James needs so much more of my attention because I'm not just replacing a teacher. I'm replacing a teacher and an aide and a speech therapist and an occupational therapist. And just when he's in school, he has this whole team of people. And when he's home, it's just me when my husband's at work. And so David is, is a little bit left to um, himself, but, but I, I try to stay very aware of the signs of that and say, okay, you know, James is going to go to bed early tonight and let's watch that movie that you wanted to watch or, 
let me give you my full, you know, if I keep, if I find myself saying just a minute, just a minute or no, yeah. I can't do that with you right now. I can say, let me give you at, at seven 30, you have my full attention. Um, right. And we can talk oh, about whatever oh, you want to talk like, about. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to raising a child when you've got a newborn or a toddler that's demanding yeah. all the time, but even that much more. And I will link to it in the show notes, but you wrote an article about the seven phrases every special needs sibling needs to hear. I thought this was definitely something helpful just to mention. Do you want to name a couple of those phrases that every special needs sibling needs to hear? I love that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I wrote it a few years ago. And and what's funny is it's it, it's even more true <laughs> now than it was when, when sure. David was eight or 10. And so right. one well, of those is, is, is an, a, you know, a really important age, no matter what, it's a challenging age. I think 14, 15, now that I've raised a few boys through that and to the other side, when people ask me, what's the hardest teenage year? I say 14, 15. <laughs> that's my, yeah. that's my thing. Man, so, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. And so one of them I mentioned earlier is, is that you have my full attention, you know, that's yep. a, an important one. Um, one of them is just saying thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's even as moms, sometimes we want to hear that. Thank you. And so I, I try to be on the lookout for very specific ways, either that David is helping his brother or um, he's blessing us as a family or he's he's got a sensitive heart toward me <laughs> and my needs and my moods. <laughs> even mm -hmm. as his mom. And yeah. so I say, you know, hey, thank you for being patient when it took James a long time to find his shoes, or thank you for going to the place where he wants to eat, even though I know it's not the place that you want to eat. I mean, just, just that kind yeah. of, I see you. Yes. Yeah. And so that's a really good one. And I think another one that parents may struggle to say is, is I don't know. We think as parents, we have to have all the answers. And this is especially true when our kids are little. And I remember asking my mom questions like, why did God give my sister Down syndrome? Or why did God give me a sister who had Down syndrome? Mm -hmm. And and sometimes my mom would say, I don't know. And that was so freeing because it, it felt to me like, okay, I don't have to have all the answers yeah. <laughs> and there may not be all the answers available and let's figure this out together. And so my mom would say, well, why, why do you think God gave you a sister with Down syndrome? And I said, well, you know, it, it really helps me watch out for the underdog. It really helps me be more sensitive to the people around me. Um, it helps me be more patient. And, you know, this is, this is that. determined by the, the age of the child that right. you're talking to. And right. so, but for my mom to just help guide me through that, instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, God had a reason and just leaving right. it at that, then, then walking me through that by admitting, oh, I don't know, let's figure this out together. That was a huge help for me. Yes. And forces you to kind of look for all the blessings in it too, and discover them for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just, anything that sparks those conversations and, and can get that, that going. But a lot of it is just being seen and being appreciated and feeling like they're contributing to the family um, in important ways too. You know, boys, they, they like to have a purpose. They like to be empowered. And so there's even sometimes now I'll say to David, you know, buddy, you're going to make such a good dad or you're going to be such a good husband because I see 
you exhibiting these qualities in our family now, and God is going to grow those in you. And man, you know, you're going to be such a blessing to your wife and to your kids. And, and that just, I can see that, um, what that does to our boys when we, Mm -hmm. when we give them a purpose and, and thinking to their future and what God will be doing in their hearts. Speaking life. I, I love that. And I think that's so key for all kids, but especially those that yes, are probably quietly doing a lot more than most of our boys. Uh, yeah. So that's super special. Any other phrases you can share? Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that's really important, um, sometimes when we have a child who struggles so much, we celebrate little things. Um, and we forget to keep celebrating things in the lives of our typical kids, you know, like for a long time, we were trying to teach James whether to say, to answer yes or no questions, you know, because that's huge, the ability to be able to do that. And I remember David kind of sitting there saying, well, gosh, I could answer yes or no questions when I, you know, like you just, because here we are celebrating that at dinner every night and and calling the grandparents and doing all of that. And so even just that celebrating of little things in their lives, like I remember with it, the yes or no thing, I remember David remembering to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, when it was appropriate. And I was like, okay, see, yay, you're doing right. that too. And yes. so just that, that being on the lookout for um, praising them for even things that, that normally you would just assume would be fine. But, but when you're in, when one child is getting so much sure. attention and so much oh. praise, the other one can feel a little bit neglected. And so making that a little more even by being on the lookout for things that we could praise him for. Hey friends, I'm just hopping in briefly to tell you about this episode's sponsor and about a giveaway. So this episode's sponsor is Wondercrate. Wondercrate is a subscription box that introduces kids to inspirational role models, which if you know me at all, you know I'm all about, sparks curiosity and connects kids to their own possibilities. Each monthly kit comes with a book and fun hands-on activities to educate, entertain, and empower. Choose your series from innovators, activists, artists, and the newest edition, which Levi's excited about, sports heroes, and choose your age range, five to seven or eight to 11. Who they see shows them who they can be. Subscribe at wondercratekids.com and use coupon code BOYMOM to get 20% off any subscription. Now, be sure to go to my show notes where you can see a photo of Levi working on his first Wonder Crate. We had such a great time learning about Amelia Earhart. And while I read this book, which was super well-written with all kinds of great facts, he was painting and putting together a wooden airplane. And then we had this blow-up globe where we could track where she flew and where he's been. Other activities as well. He didn't even realize he was learning. He really enjoyed it. And I can't imagine a better time than now when most of us are still home most of the time to be learning and doing these hands-on activities. So I'm a big fan. I think you will be too. And Wondercrate wants to give one of you a free monthly subscription. We're going to do that over in my Instagram feed. So this week, be sure to go to at Monica Swanson underscore, and you'll see a post about Wondercrate. Be sure to enter over there and one of you will win a month of a Wondercrate subscription. All right, now we'll get back to the show. Hope you enjoy. This makes me think now, since we're talking about, you know, other families and friends we might have. For those of us who have, like I do, you know, my sons have friends 
who have a sibling who has a special need, is there anything you would recommend we kind of talk to our own kids about, about that friendship, ways that they might, you know, maybe take time to check in or be a better friend to their friend, knowing what they, you know, that they're carrying a little heavier load at home or that that's a place where they might have things to talk about that my sons don't necessarily relate to. Is there anything you'd say to that? Yeah, and I I really, I do love that question because the number one prayer I have in David's life is for friendship because I feel like I'm raising two only children. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so David and James, as much as they love each other, will never have a typical sibling relationship. And so David can look at his friends and say, man, I wish I, I wish I had a brother I could fight with even or anything like that. And so the families who draw him in and who include him are such a blessing to us, even if it's something like, like we can't go to the movie as a family. And so if there's a new movie out that all the boys his age want to see, if a family calls him up and says, Hey, David, do you want to come with us? That's a huge blessing because for us to try to manage, okay, which one of us is going to stay home and which one is going to take David and, and how's that going to work around all of our schedules. And so just being aware that if your boys enjoy it, maybe there's one more you could add to the mix, you know, a boy like mine who would love to tag along on something. And I know, especially in big families, uh, when they're young, you think, oh, I don't know if I could handle one more kid. Mm-hmm. But for a kid like mine, who's very much an only child, they would love to tag along. You know, I mean, they would love to have tater tots and corn dogs for dinner at your house. Mm-hmm. Which is oh. Anything that goes along with that, because they not in a jealousy way, but just a, they they think, man, that that house looks like a lot of fun. And I'd I'd like to be in the mix of all that noise and all that fun. And so oh, the man. families that have blessed us the most have just kind of been on the lookout for yeah. ways that they can include David. Um, and awesome. and and David has good friends. I hear them talking and, and they they know James and, and they're sensitive to what David might be feeling. Like I I heard him talking the other day about one of his friends kind of complaining about another sibling. And David was like, yeah, but you guys get to play Xbox together. You guys get to do these things together. (laughs) And so it's a little bit of teaching each other, you know, I think even that, that David can say, man, the things that you're complaining about are really blessings in some ways. And, and so I love that, it's, yes. it seems to be both ways that they can encourage each other. Yes. Oh, that's huge. That's really, really important. Yeah. They can be such a huge blessing to families and, um, you know, not, not making David feel like his brother is too different or that they are not going to be friends with him because they have to hang around with his brother in any way, but they just come in and, and that's, that's part of why, uh, being friends at church is so important because you you get to see all the family members when you are at church. And so they get to know James and it's more reciprocal even than it is in a school setting. So that's that's been a real blessing. Oh, I love that. I know here during this quarantine period that I said to my boys, you know, I started to feel convicted because I said, our family isn't really struggling too much through this because we already homeschool. Yeah. And 
and in Hawaii, the boys have been able to surf throughout this. And really, that's the main thing they do. Yeah. And they have each other to play with. But I really felt convicted at one point and said, listen, we may be doing fine, but there's a lot of people out there who aren't, whether it's because they're struggling, you know, without work or because they're just lonely, whether they're elderly or maybe they're just really scared right now. I said, so I want everyone to just stop what you're doing and think of somebody this week that we as a family can reach out to, whether it's we do a Zoom call with someone we even don't talk to that often, but we know they're sitting home alone, you know, or, yeah. or whether we can bring some food to somebody like let's come up with some creative way. Because I do think that in the busyness of life, and again, I don't blame anyone because I'm I'm guilty too and there's grace, but I love what you shared about just looking for somebody to invite to the movies even. I mean, that is not hard. It yeah. just takes that moment of, okay, we're doing fine. Who's not doing fine? Who could Who yeah. could this really bless? And then usually you end up at least as blessed as they do by including or reaching out to somebody else. So I think that's just a lesson for all of us in wherever we are and whoever's around us. Yeah, I know. I love that idea of you just keep building a bigger table, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have so much to share. Who yes. else can we bring in um, yes. that that's in need? And, and that's not, I mean, that's just the need of friendship. That's not <laughs> a huge, uh, you know, you're not even having to make huge concessions for somebody oh, else, but just kind no. of saying this person could use a friend or this person could use an hour over here while you, like if I'm taking James to a therapy appointment, it's a huge gift for somebody to say, well, hey, can David come hang out here while you are running James around? Um, yes. Or David is really into theater. That's his favorite thing to do. Um and he is a good actor. And so he does community theater and he does it through the school. And so even for a friend to say, hey, can we bring David home from rehearsal is a blessing to our whole family, because then I don't have to get James out of bed and I don't have to disrupt his routine. And so that's just such a and I have to get better as a special needs mom to say, hey, uh, do you mind, since y'all are coming right by our house, do you mind bringing David home? And so it works both ways. It's me being yeah. honest about what our needs are when I would rather just pretend like I have it all together and am totally sufficient in everything. But that doesn't um, well, that's grow a good reminder. Yeah. And that's such a good reminder because I know somebody listening has a special needs kid and maybe they tend to try to do it all. And yeah. I think those of us, like myself, if I have a friend call and ask for some help, I love to help. Yeah. It's just half the time I think we're all just busy doing our thing. And so if you can let people know what your needs are, I think most of the time we're going to be really happy to be able to fill a need. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And then you also talk a bit about self-care for the moms. And so this is where I want you to speak to some of the moms out there and tell us as a friend how we could best encourage, bless, what, what can we do for you who are bringing up these kids? Um, that is such a, a great and sensitive question. Um, you know, one of the things we all struggle with decision fatigue, but I think special needs parents struggle with it even more. Like if you think, you're you get dressed each morning and when you have a toddler you're getting that toddler dressed but I'm still getting James dressed at 12 years oh. old and, and those kind of things and so if as a parent as a friend if you reached out and said um like if you just called me and said hey what can I do to help you this week 
I, I have no idea what to say. Like I'm just paralyzed yeah. Yeah. by all of the options. But if, yeah. But if you said, Hey, uh, we're going to get pizza on Thursday night. Um, can we bring a pizza by your house? So part of that, the gift is you're making part of that decision for me. Yes. So you're not wow. increasing my decision. For and this works for, um, you know, if a husband has just had a surgery or somebody's sure. taking care of a, a sick parent, I mean, this has a hundred applications, but I agree. just that helping me decrease the decision fatigue that I feel um, by being very specific in the help that you offer instead of, well, I want to help. Just let me know. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. Well, oh I'm goodness, never. That is huge. Yes. I, I, yeah. I'm totally getting what you're saying because, and I think sometimes we, on this side of things, hesitate to do that because we don't want to be pushy or assume that you even like pizza. Like, but yeah, I think when we're just take that step and do it anyway, uh, that that's just kind of breaks down that wall. I think it builds a friendship. It makes you feel that much more like it's somebody that you can trust to do that with. So I love that. Yeah. And it really, I mean, you know, if they say no to pizza this week, then you try something else in a couple more weeks and just, yeah. just keep coming up. Hey, I just read this great book. I think you would like it. Can I bring it by? Can I drop it off? You know, just anything that, that helps them see feel seen and loved yes. and, and appreciated, but that doesn't add to their mental load that they're already carrying. Oh, that, that's so encouraging to me. We have a good friend here whose wife recently passed away from cancer and he actually has a special needs adult daughter who he cares for. And so you're giving me lots of good ideas because I'm always thinking, you know, okay, I've brought a meal, brought a couple meals and I'm like, okay, what, what else can I do? So I'll send one of my boys down to just show up at his doorstep and say, is there some yard work I can do? Or yeah. when I'm at Costco, I'm like, okay, what can I get you? You know, not, do you need anything, but what's right. one thing I can bring you? Yeah, uh, that's so, perfect. Yeah. You're making me, you're getting my um, creative juices flowing here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Well, is there anything else before we wrap up that comes to your mind? That's just uh, something that uh, add, to add to that list of ways we can be a better friend to our friends who have special needs kids? No, I think a, a lot of it is just to keep trying. Um, and especially if you have a friend whose child was recently diagnosed, they're going through grief, you know, at some level. And so we need to just, as friends, keep showing up, um, even if that's not reciprocated <laughs> right away. Don't be discouraged by that and just keep trying be understanding of that. And there are times, I mean, my schedule is fuller because I have therapy appointments and all these things going on. So sometimes I have to say no to invitations to come hang out. That doesn't mean that I don't want to and that I might not be able to in two weeks. And so just don't, as a friend, try to keep showing up and keep coming up with ideas and try to, to sit with them in whatever they're going through and bring them hope. And one of the best things that friends did for me was I, I'm not going to leave you because your mm -hmm. child has a diagnosis. We are still going to be in your lives. We're still going to be friends with David and with James and with you. And so just that because everything felt like it was changing, I needed some consistency and those friends really provided that. And it, it was a huge gift. Wow. That, that is beautiful. I love that. 
Well, there's a whole lot more I'd love to talk to you about because I think that you have so much to um, offer in the way of just experience and wisdom and insight into all of this. So I, I would love to have you back on. And in fact, I'd like to invite the listeners who might be raising a child with special needs to be sure to go to the comments in our show notes and um, leave any questions you would have for Sandra, who you know has a son with autism, was raised with a sister with Down syndrome, but also just works within the special needs community. So if you could leave a question or your biggest challenge in raising your own child with special needs, or maybe it, you know, it has to do with a friend or somebody else in your life. I'd love to have you come back on Sandra and maybe we can answer some of the questions people leave. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Put you I on the spot that. right here. No, I love that. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that so much. And then before we wrap up, I would love to throw out a couple just wrap up questions for you. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Well, we just like to start with some boy mom essential that you cannot imagine going a day or a week without as you're raising your two boys. Um, okay. Something that's essential. I'm going to say a, a stain remover. <laughs> I think that good law, you know, finding something that gets out all the stains that the boys get into. And that was when they were little and it's still now in these preteen years, they're still coming home with dirt or grass or, you know, they're smellier than they were even when they were little. So I just, I love Having do, a you do you have remover? one that you would recommend? Because I OxyClean is my go-to, but I'm not sure it always does the job. Anything else yeah. to add to that? Yeah, I soak my boys' stuff in biz. Um, oh, and it's what my right? mom used. And, yeah. and so, you know, like I have a stain stick that I use. I think it's Shout. But for the big stuff, it's like soaking in biz overnight kind of hey. thing. So well, Good to know. Thank you. I can always yeah. use <laughs> laundry tips. Okay. Now also with your two boys, is there a time where you had that moment where you just thought I'm raising boys? I am a boy mom. Anything they dragged in, said or did that comes to mind? Well, one thing that comes to mind when the boys were younger, uh, we had some friends over and they had two boys and then we had other friends over who didn't have any kids. And at, at one point during our little cookout, all four of the boys were completely naked or partially naked and I just remember the face of the friend who didn't have kids yet and she was she just couldn't believe it and we were like no this is you know they were three and five and four and six the four boys in between them and I was like it you just ha this is just part of it you know like at one point one of the my friend was like don't pee on your brother you know and it was yeah, like yeah. things you uh -huh. never thought you would say right. that she was silently praying for daughters <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I did feel like we were giving her a very accurate portrayal yes. of because I was raised with sisters like I said and so all of yeah. that was very new to me and uh -huh. I thought nope this is this is real way life to way to embrace it I love that that's so good Okay, and then if you could leave everybody with maybe a little piece of wisdom, something that a, you might say now to a younger Sandra, if you could speak to yourself with newborn babies, little boys. And, you know, and this this relates to specifically even being James's mom. Um, and that's, I think God, I say trust your gut. I mean, I, I think that God speaks to us 
in lots of different ways. And one of that is our mother's intuition. And so if you, good things and hard things, you know, I kept trying to talk myself out of there's there being something going on with James. I'm like, oh, well, no, he's just a slow talker. But but my gut kept telling me, you need to investigate this more. You need to tell a professional. Um, and that's still true. Even at this age, I kind of think, what what how is my spirit unsettled <laughs> and how is God speaking to me, giving me some intuition? And so there's so many ways we can we can tell ourselves, oh, you're just being dramatic or, oh, you're overreacting. And and you, we have to sometimes quiet those voices and say, no, God gave me this personality for a reason. And God gave me these boys for a reason. And, and I have to trust my intuition on this and and figure out what's going on. Um, even if we just, you know, David, if he's a little sullen for a day or two, I have to trust my intuition and, and say, OK, he needs me in a bigger way. And I need to, to pry a little bit and figure out what's going on. And so listening to your gut, whatever, whatever your gut, your yes. heart, or your gut, or whatever yeah, you kind no. of see as your center yep. that God yep. speaks through. I totally agree. I love to, you know, the times when I can get really quiet and still on my time with the Lord and just ask, you know, kind of go through each of the kids when I just think about them and lay them before them and say, is there anything? And sometimes you just get that little nudge and you're, when you yeah. follow it, pretty much always right. So great advice. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay. Well, I have so enjoyed talking to you and I just feel really encouraged and like, I want to sit down with my family and have a good chat about some of the people in our lives and how we could be better friends. So I want to thank you for encouraging us and, and, and for your grace in understanding, you know, that we're not all great at this, but, but assuming the best. Of us. So yeah. thank you, Sandra. Yeah. And I'm going to link in show notes to everywhere people can find you and your awesome book and uh, just, you know, all the places. But before we wrap up, can you just tell people if they want to hop online and track you down right now where they might find you? Sure. The home base is sandrapeoples.com. Um, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And so those are the best places. I have a podcast that comes out each week. It focuses on self-care for caregivers. And it's just a real short, practical thing. We talked about like decision fatigue. There's a whole episode on how that affects special needs parents like okay. me. And so that's a helpful spot. But, you know, Instagram is a fun place to hang out and, and really get to know people because you're seeing uh -huh. into their daily lives. And, and so that may be a, a great place to start and make a connection. Terrific. Well, we'll link to you everywhere. And um, just want to thank you again for your time and hope to have you back. Sure. Thank you. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope you'll spread the word about this episode with your friends, um, those who have special needs kids and those who don't. I think this is an important one for all of us. Again, be sure to go to show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast, and this is episode number 56, and you can um, find out more about entering to win the free subscription box. Use that coupon code to get your Wonder Crate box at 20% off, and um, anything else that we talk about is linked to in the show notes. Okay, guys, hang in there with everything. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.